Welcome to the Panine Halacha podcast. Zmanim, Chapter 7, Laws of Minor Fasts, Section 6, One Who Forgets That It's a Fast Day. One who accidentally eats or drinks on a fast day must still continue fasting, because these days were instituted as fast days due to the troubles that occurred on them. Even if one eats or drinks enough to be considered as one who broke his fast, thus forfeiting the ability to say the prayer Anenu in Shmona Esrei, as we'll explain in section 9 below, that person is still forbidden to eat or drink further. After all, one who committed one sin is not allowed to commit a second sin. These ideas can be found in the Shulchan Aruch. In such a scenario, the person does not have to fast a different day to make up for the fast that he broke, because we are obligated to fast specifically on the days that our sages established for fasting. Indeed, some people have a custom to accept upon themselves another fast as a way to atone for the one that they broke, but one is not obligated to do so. You can find this in the Mishnah Brura. It is better to atone for this by giving more charity and learning more Torah instead of fasting another day. The poskim debate the halacha of one who forgets that it's a fast day, then makes a blessing over a cup of water, and then remembers the fast. Some say that the prohibition of making a blessing in vain is of biblical origin, while drinking on a fast day is only a rabbinic injunction. Therefore, it's preferable to take a small drink in order to save oneself from saying a blessing in vain. Others maintain that since most Rishonim hold that a blessing in vain is only a rabbinic prohibition, it is better not to drink at all. In addition, it is improper to fix one sin by committing another one. It seems to me that this is the course of action one should take, that is, not drinking from the water. To summarize, if you break your fast, you must still keep fasting. Also, if you break your fast, there is no technical requirement to make the fast up on another day. Some choose to make it up as a form of atonement, but it's better to atone through charity and Torah study. If you make a blessing before drinking water, then remember that it's a fast day. Some say to still drink a small amount of the water to avoid making a blessing in vain, a bracha levatala. Others say to not take a sip of water so as to not break your fast. The Panini Halacha suggests not taking a sip. Two notes about this last case. First, it's a pretty interesting halacha conundrum. If you don't take a sip of water, your blessing is now in vain, which is forbidden. But if you do take a sip of water, you're breaking your fast, which is also forbidden. How can halacha mediate between these two options? I want to share with you the two kinds of strategies that are employed. The first strategy is to assess which of the two prohibitions is more severe, breaking the fast or saying a blessing in vain. Interestingly, the severity of each prohibition is itself not clear. Some Rishonim consider a brecha levatala, a blessing made in vain, to be a Torah prohibition, while other Rishonim understand it as a Dirabanon prohibition. In regard to fasting, as mentioned in the first section of this chapter, the minor fasts were decreed by the prophets. That basically means that they are Dirabanon or rabbinic status, 
but some Rishonim treat prophetic enactments as a kind of lower-tier Torah law. On the other hand, maybe in our generation, the status of the fast is actually closer to that of a minhag, or custom. That's a lot of opinions, and depending on how you understand the severity of each prohibition will affect whether you tell the person to take the sip of water or not. But there is also a second strategy, not rooted in the severity of each prohibition, but in the personal experience of performing different kinds of prohibitions. For example, one might argue that it's simply wrong to undo one sin by committing another. It's better, they would say, to simply stay with the original sin than to ever use a second sin as a kind of spiritual tool. Similarly, one might argue that passive sins are better than active ones. That is, it's better to sin by not taking a drink of water than it is by actively picking up a cup and taking a drink. These arguments aren't about the formal severity of each prohibition, but about a preference for a less involved relationship with prohibited behavior. Either way, it's a fun halachic riddle, and in the footnotes you can find all sorts of arguments in favor of each side. I want to end with a quick note on the Penine Halacha's choice to conclude by stating his own personal opinion on the matter. In my experience, this is fairly atypical. As a general rule, the Penine Halacha is interested in establishing the majority or consensus view and ruling as such. That's what they said, so that's what you should do. Also, on many issues, he is open to diversity. He might conclude with a line like, Many say to be strict, but there is legitimate room to be lenient. Or he might end with, and each should proceed according to their custom. Yet here, in this section, the Penine Halacha's conclusion is personal, his own view, and definitive, it's supposed to be this way. I see two causes for the Penine Halacha's interesting choice here. First, there is no clear majority view. Achronim and Poskim are lined up on both sides, with, for example, the Mishnah Brura on one side and Revavaji Yosef on the other. Second, the question before us isn't one that's amenable to pluralism and diversity, because the options are binary, drink or don't drink, and the consequences are diametrically opposite. Either it's the right thing to do, or it's literally committing a prohibition. There is no middle ground halachic position, and there is no middle ground practice to suggest. In such conditions, I imagine that the Penine Halacha felt somewhat stuck. He can't advocate the majority view, since there isn't one. And he can't advocate there's a range of options, because the options are so clearly self-contradicting. So, he pulls on the hat of rabbinic authority. He assesses the sources himself as they make sense to him, and he lets us know that in his humble opinion, the right thing to do is to not sip from the water. The Panine Halacha podcast provides English audio of Panine Halacha, an exceptional work of Halacha by Rav Eliezer Malamed Shlita. The English translation was overseen by Ellie Fisher and Corin Publishers. These texts are available for free online, and beautiful printed volumes are available for purchase. 
The summaries and reflections are from me, Ben Greenfield, rabbi of the Greenpoint Shul in New York City. I occasionally make subtle changes to the original translation, often for clarity, sometimes by mistake.